It's Sports Talk with K-Walk and E. Scott, and we read it right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. The sports analyst that covers it all brings it all every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Sometimes they go into overtime. You don't want to miss these two former college football athletes, the Who Dat and Niner Gang, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Bang Bang Niner Gang. It's Sports Talk with K-Walk and E. Scott, and we read it right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Good evening, good evening, good evening. It is Wednesday, 7 p.m., so that means you are tuning in to Sports Talk with K-Walk and E. Scott right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, we got a great one dialed in for you uh, this evening. Uh, Dr. T is going to be on. I know we've been waiting for him, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for the last three weeks, but he's going to make that house call that we've been waiting for. And he's going to talk uh, plantar fasciitis. Um, if you're not familiar with that, it's a foot, it's a foot injury, um, but Dr. T will go more in the depth with that uh, for sure. We'll talk the uh, recap week uh, week nine of the NFL, uh, preview week 10, of course. Got to dive into some college football. NBA has started. Um, Want to get E's thoughts and opinions on this end-season tournament and what that means. Uh, also want to talk Victor Wimbiamba, of course. Um, Looks like he may be living up to the hype, but I want to get in E's thoughts and opinions on that uh, for sure. Got to talk that e- Eagles-Cowboys game. Wow, that was a really good one. I anticipated for sure. 49ers coming off of a bye week. Jags uh, looking to keep that losing streak for the uh, for the 49ers going. Uh, and so much more, ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, we got E. Scott's entertainment segment at the end of the show uh, for sure. So with that being said, let's bring in Mr. E. Scott. Mr. E. Scott, how are you doing this evening, my brother? Paul Stranger, when you pass me by, as you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you will be. So prepare for death and follow me. All right. Good stuff, brother. Good stuff. Always sliding through. Smooth as ice, man. Good stuff. All right. Yeah. Um, again, some some really good stuff that we have going on right now, man. I mean, even Carson Wentz has signed. I don't know if we can get to that, but um, we do have a, to use your term, we have a plethora of, of topics to talk about. And I want to talk about the NFL. I want to dive into the NFL first. And, and I want to talk a little bit about this, uh, the Cowboys and, and uh, the Eagles game. I want to recap that game, your thoughts and opinions on that. Um, Cowboys, you know, showed up. I thought they would. I really anticipated this game to be uh, a lot better uh, than it, um, you know, a lot I mean, exactly what it was. A lot of people thought that it would be an Eagles blowout, especially the way the Cowboys looked. <laughs> you know, against, you know, the 49ers and the Cowboys only look good against those inferior teams, if you will, you know, the Jets, the Giants, the uh, the Rams the previous week. But uh, your thoughts and opinions on this game, Ian, were there any, were you more impressed with anything? Were you more disappointed? What say you about this game? Now, I watched this game in its entirety, and I actually mm-hmm. watched it with a Cowboy fan. Okay. So, coming down to the wire, now, there were some questionable calls, if you will. I, I'm not going to say it was blatant cheating, but there were some questionable calls. But the two mm-hmm. I think that they got right was the one where the touchdown was clearly short, 
by Dallas, yeah. and the one yeah. where Dak stepped out of bounds. He clearly stepped out of bounds. But mm-hmm. even with the questionable causes on watching, Philly did everything they could to give this game to the Cowboys. Yeah. It's almost like the fix was in the other <laughs> way. It's right. almost like Philly was out there point shaving, and Dallas <laughs> just couldn't capitalize on it. And it resulted in a in a Philly victory, which I had predicted a Philly victory myself. I just, I'm like you. I thought Dallas would play well, and they did. Dallas just doesn't play well against good teams. I mean, it, it is what it is. They just don't. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. There, it's, it's a game of inches, like you mentioned. Everything with those with those uh, those plays, uh, stepping out of bounds by Dak, stepping out of bounds by or short of the end zone by uh, Ferguson. There, um, yeah, I, yeah, they they still had the chances as much as they they came up short, and you know, if you will, they still had a chance to uh, to win that game. And, and you got to ask yourself, e, was that more so? Um, is that more so the, the Dak and the Cowboys, you know, playing a lot better, or was it the Eagles just playing, you know, down to their competition? Because we know that, you know, that the Cowboys have not fared well against the uh, about the winning opposition by any stretch. You know, the 49ers, when 49ers were going well, you know, they lost, you know, by you know almost 30 points. But the the the, the thing about it too is when you look at the Eagles, the Eagles always find a way to win, man. I don't know what it is about this team. I know that they're the good. Tush, I'm not taking the tush any... push. That's what yeah. it is. The <laughs> yeah, that thing or the, the brotherly shove, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. It just it just seems like they always find a way to win. Whether it be their if their defensive line is not you know getting to the fast rusher, then the offense steps up. If the offense is is sputtering, then the defense steps up. With special teams steps up. But are you more impressed with Dallas? Or are you more disappointed with the Eagles? Because we we I picked the Eagles to win the game as well. But what, what say you about that? Was it more so the uh, the, the Cowboys losing, or I mean sorry the, the the Cowboys losing or the Eagles winning? What say you? And this game, I think it was a combination of both because Philly left the door wide open for Dallas at the end of the game. Again, like, yeah, I'm watching this game, and I'm almost about to call shenanigans because Philly (laughs) scores the football, and then I blink, and Dallas in the red zone again. I'm like, how did this happen? Then Dallas did what? I think it's first and goal from about the six. And then yeah. they're the fourth down from about the thirtieth. Philly tried to give it to him, and Dallas didn't want it. So I guess I would say it was more of of yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I yeah. guess yeah, I'm right, gonna say Philly right. won because they got the W. I yeah. mean, because Dallas Dallas did some impressive things, and they did some boneheaded things. And again. Yeah. Philly tried to get in the game, yeah. and they just they just they just would not take it. So, I guess I'm more disappointed in Dallas. Yeah, I guess you have to be because of the fact that the matter is when you look at this game, and I'm looking at it, and I can't still to this point, I can't put my finger on it. It's like, all right, well, Dak played well. He had 364 yards, three touchdowns. You know, he lived up. To, I mean, he he exceeded my expectations. I, I just didn't know what type of back you were going to get. But the Eagles, you know, like you stated, they didn't look that good, but they found a way to win. And it just seems like 
every week that's what it is with the Eagles. You look at the Eagles and you can sit there and you can dissect this team. Okay, well, this is their weak point. This is their Achilles heel. You know, you, know, you attack this or you do this to them. But when you do that, when you focus on it, it seems like they always step up and, 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 and make a play from wherever you're not focusing on it. It's just – it's mind-boggling to me how good they are, but now they're they're going to be into that gauntlet of their their schedule right now. They they have a bye week, and they're getting their face the Chiefs, who also have a bye week um, in week 11. So that was going to be interesting to see, you know, what those two teams are going to look like, and it's a, obviously a rematch of of last year's Super Bowl. Uh, the Chiefs aren't looking that good on offense, but you know. Patrick Holmes, you know, proclaimed their defense, the Chiefs' defense, as the best defense in the league. Um, but we know how that goes. You know, you got to support your own. But nonetheless, yeah, I'll give it some more to the, the, the Eagles. Yeah, it's hard to put my finger on it. It really is because the, the Cowboys had a chance to win that game. And like you stated, Eagles gave them every opportunity to win that game. And for whatever reason, they were scared to, to, scared to, take, to, to take that step. All right, next game here, E, is um, I want to talk about uh, uh, the, the Dolphins and Chiefs. Again, we, we label, you and I label the Dolphins as insurance fraud. Ah, they live up to that right now, E. That game against the Chiefs, they were shut out. The Dolphins were shut out in the first half. Twenty-one nothing. So you can look at it from that standpoint and say, "Well, there go those Dolphins again." But the second half was a totally different half for the most part. Chiefs didn't score, and but the, the Dolphins put up fourteen points, but still was not enough. What say you about this game? Were you more impressed with against same, you know, the same type of uh, game as the Cowboys Eagles? Were you more impressed with the uh, with the Chiefs, or are you more disappointed with the Dolphins? Okay. Let me break it down this way. Just stay with me for a second. Of course. Through the through the first five weeks of football, this NFL season, mm-hmm. we had so many teams came out. Detroit's good. San Francisco's good. Miami's mm-hmm. good. Philly's good. Kansas City good. Well, we're at the midway point in the season, week nine. K-Walk, I can't tell you a single team that's good. Yeah, I mean, I'm agree. not saying every team is bad, but I mm-hmm. can't just I can't really just tell you from week to week. Who's good? Who's going to dominate a football game? And I said all that to say about this Miami-Kansas City game. Okay, we know Miami's insurance fraud. Well, we don't know Mm -hmm. it, but we believe very strongly Miami's insurance fraud. (laughs) They only play well against bad teams. But then on the flip side of that, we thought Kansas City was good. Okay, Kansas City lost the game to Denver, but Patrick Mahomes had Ebola. So we're like, okay, once he gets over, once he gets over anthrax and he flies overseas, he'll be healthy and they're good. Well, they were good for 30 minutes. The next 30 minutes, they went out there and tried to get a game to the Dolphins. But the Dolphins yeah. like, wait a minute, we don't beat good teams. We're not going to take it. We're going to snap the ball over to his head and whatever, whatever. So I don't, I don't know so much that that, that – so Kansas City tried to give it to them, but then the Dolphins didn't want it. So it, it's kind of like the Dallas Philly game. Okay, well, I don't mm-hmm. know which team did what. But now I, I will say this in this one. I'm more impressed with Kansas City because, like I said, I, I, can, I believe very strongly that the Dolphins are not good uh, um, against good teams. They're insurance fraud. So, yeah. But, again, I can't tell you 
who in the league is good right now. Through five weeks, I could have gave you five different teams and have been like, Kim, mm-hmm. well, these are legitimate playoff contenders. Yeah. This team is good. Right now, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I feel you, brother. I, I definitely feel you, and I don't give my thoughts and opinions, but I'm going to, we're going to put a pin right there because we've got Dr. T holding right now, so we've got to get Dr. T in. We know he's, his schedule is busy, so we want to thank Dr. T first and foremost uh, for joining us uh, this evening and providing him with his, his expertise, and it's just that, ladies and gentlemen. It's expertise at its finest. Um, thank you for joining us, Dr. T. How are we doing this evening? I'm good. I'm good. How's everyone tonight? Doing hey, well, what doing up, well. what's up? What's happening, one Trey? Yo, yo. So, this diamond, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, Dr. T, we wanted to have you on because, you know, here at KWALK, at least got, your sports time with KWALK, at least got, we like to inform as well as entertain. So, that's what you, in the information part, that's where you fit in. So, Dr. <laughs> T, we want, we want to bring you in. I know you and I talked earlier today. Since the last time, I know we wanted to bring you on to talk about the foot, the fancy, fancy artist. But since the last time you were on and you and I talked this morning, <laughs> there have been several other ACL, um, ACL tears, Kirk, Kirk yes. Cousins and what I had tore his Achilles. Uh, yes. Daniel Jones had the non-contact injury. So we, we're going to get to that, too. But first, let's speak to why we brought you on. The fancy, fancy artist, I can because I hear a lot of dudes say once you get that, you can't hurt it any further by playing on it. It kind of is what it is, and you just kind of got to play with it through the pain. Speak to that a little bit for me. Yeah, so um, let's dive back in on the anatomy a little bit. So most people know it as plantar fasciitis. Um, basically, in the medical world, we call it plantar aponeurosis. So what it is is if you think if you, think if you go to the store and you buy a steak, right, and you got that thick, grisly area like on the outside of the steak that most people just kind of like throw away because it's tough. That's basically what the plantar fascia is, okay? So it's this thick connective tissue that starts from your heel and runs all the way to the to the forefoot. It's split into primarily uh, what we call three components, a medial component, a central component, and a lateral component. Most people complain of the central component. That's where you most people will get, like, the most of their pain. Um, and typically, they notice it first thing when they wake up in the morning. It's like, oh, man, it's hard to take a step. That's usually, like, your first sign of, like, something's going wrong. So the reason it's one of those things where it's kind of like, well, I can't really hurt it anymore and it's not really getting any better is because that area is what we call hypovascular. So compared to the muscles that it it's covering, the blood flow to that area is, like, really low. So with any injury, you would like to have an abundance of blood flow because abundance of blood flow removes chemical irritants. It also brings in new oxygenated uh, blood, which, of course, helps the healing process. But unfortunately, in this area, um, it's hypovascular, so the injury time frame usually can take long. And the other process is, is that, once most people, like, try to do it and they think, like, oh, it's just a piece of muscle down there, so then they start stretching it, and then they just irritate it more. So that's, like, a double whammy. So that's why a lot of times, like, most people um, aren't recovering from it as fast as they can. They usually wait too long or they handle the situation wrong. Um, but the whole point of this area is that that fascia is to support the arch. 
It's supposed to support the arch. It'll help regulate ankle mobility. And it's also supposed to, like when we walk or run or we jump, is to help distribute what we call ground force reactions. Those reactions from whatever surface that we're landing on that's coming through that shoe, it's to help to distribute it evenly across the foot. So that's its its main component. But that's why a lot of times, like, people um, have a long history with it. Blood flow, um, they continue with the activity. Um, the arch in the area is starting to prolapse, um, and the distribution area could be not handling well. And that could be due to obesity. That could be to poor shoe selection um, and continued uh, wrong activities. Kind of like advanced information. I can take me to 800 milligram ibuprofen, and I'm good to go for about six to eight hours. Um, that really depends on that depends on if you're catching it at the beginning stages or if you let it get to the chronic stage. If we get into the chronic stage, yes, that uh, going again, um, taking NSAIDs and Tylenol might not necessarily like be the ideal situation for a prolonged period of time because you know sometimes people have it and it's only like for two weeks and then depending how long you wait, you might be dealing with this for four to six months. Um, so, you know, definitely taking medication on that continued amount of basis could, you know, not be the best idea only. Now, I know you know, back you, when, uh-huh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I know back when Drew Brees was playing for the Saints, he had it. And mm-hmm. they were saying, okay, well, we're not going to sit him because he can't injure it any further. So he continued right. to play. Now, by playing on it, does that, that increase your level of pain? Are you hurting more, or is this something you got to deal with if you play on it or not play on it, the pain level the same? Um, okay, so you would think by just, like, completely resting, um, it would be the ideal situation, but this is one of those things where you got to find a balance. Um, you need that balance for walking because it – it, it's this is one of these things where this is where physics comes into play and geometry and there's this there's this mechanism that's happening in the foot and it's called the windless mechanism so the windless mechanism actually refers to what we call like a shortening or a tightening area so there's a triangle that we're defined like in the foot and so it's one of those things where that mechanism needs to occur for the proper healing state to happen. So it's not always best, like they're saying, like, well, it might not, he might not injure it anymore, but his pain level is definitely going to be there. And that mechanism called the windless arch is not going to function correctly. So you're going to see him, you know, he might limp. He might just only like, what we not, might not realize is that, you know, his foot might hurt, but then his ankle might be also hurting as well due to limited mobility. Because nine times out of 10, when you have a foot injury, you don't, perform what we call a normal heel-to-toe gait pattern or a triplanar motion. That starts to get compensated and substituted. And when you have that, then that windless mechanism doesn't occur correctly, and so that shortening of the arch continues to happen. So do they typically just shoot the guys up and have them play, or just they just play through <laughs> the pain? <laughs> oh, my brother E. Um, you know, that's, 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 a, that's a tough question. Um, I'm sure they have a team of doctors that they have to routinely see. 
Um, I'm sure there's some level of medication given, um, whether that is orally or injection, that would have to depend on that MD because there's only a certain amount of uh, injections that you need to receive to a certain area to protect the integrity of that tendon or ligament or fascia before it ruptures. So there's probably a combination going, and I would be more likely to say that oral medication um, is given a lot more than injection series has been given. Gotcha. Now, K-Rock, during your playing days, your warrior days, have you ever dealt with anything like this? Um, I did not, e, but I do have something that's kind of um, similar. It's t- uh, called turf toe. So I was going to ask my yeah. question. It's funny you <laughs> asked that, uh, E. Is that, yeah. is that any type of relation? Can one cause the other? Can plantar fasciitis um, cause turf toe or vice versa? No. Um, usually that, that that's a separate injury. However, that medial component um, mm-hmm. that we were talking about in the plantar aponeurosis is some of that is involved in turf toe. Um, but basically mm-hmm. what turf toe is is a hyperextension of the MTP of the great toe uh, and yes. the components that that are around it. So most people most people are, when you're dealing with plantar fasciitis, we're like more having pain more toward the heel section versus mm-hmm. where turf toe is more toward, you know, the greater toe area. So that one segment is involved also as well in um, plantar fasciitis. However, turf toe different injury with the hyperextension um, due to, like, excessive, like, push-off with track or jumping, sprinting, um, that will really call, like, turf toe because it's really, like, being isolated at that MTP joint. Yeah, and what I did was, you know, with that, I, I was literally running on nine toes. I was really, because I was bending mm-hmm. my, it was on my right foot, my right foot, my right big toe, and I was compensating, and I was putting all my weight on my other four toes, and of course, using my other five on my other. Now, with that being said, Doc, can you overcompensate? I mean, when you overcompensate like Definitely. that, what other uh, ligaments or that could you damage other than not just in the foot, but could you damage something in the knee or what say you about yeah. that? So, so um, with any lower kinematic chain injury and in, in what I'm like from the heat, the, the hip, the knee, and the ankle, uh, we call that a kinematic chain. Um, so anytime that you're compensating, especially at the foot and the ankle, um, mm-hmm. You, if you, the more you compensate, what typically happens is, is there going to be some tightening. Most people um, will start tightening around the uh, Achilles area, the tricep surrey complex. That okay. that muscle connects to the posterior aspect of the knee. So it's just a matter of time before people are complaining that while wow, I'm having this tightness or soreness in the back of my knee. And then typically once that happens. Um, you're definitely compensating, and you're compensating to the point probably where either you're you're walking what we would call like increased supination because you're not pushing off of the great toe, so you're putting right. more of your weight on the lateral side. So right. those structures are now the way you're walking is abnormal, and that that kinematic chain and where you distribute your weight is going to start to change at the knee, and eventually it's, the more you do it, it continues to change at the hip, and then once you get to the hip, then your lumbar spine becomes a problem. So it definitely just continues to travel. The longer you, you take to, to correct the problem, then the more the kinematic chain doesn't work correctly, and then the systems above that joint continue to get involved. Yeah, that's ex- exactly what I was afraid of <laughs> at that time. <laughs> I really was. I'm glad it didn't happen, but uh, thanks for that explanation, Doc. Go ahead, uh, now, now, See, also, now, I'm watching the NFL, you know, this season. Now, is it me 
are there more injuries this season than normal, especially to the quarterback? I mean, it looks like every week a different quarterback is going down with season-ending, you know, injury. Uh, Speak to that a little bit for me. Um, Going back again, I think what you're finding uh, again is – and again, when you when you watch the the ones that happened recently, they were on the new gen turf. Um, yeah. It was a new gen turf, and it was a non contact injury. And as the data continues to show, is that most most non contact injuries is at a high uh, on the new gen turf. Um, and that's whether you know in this case, you know it was a, a simple plant uh, to throw. It was a medial vagus injury. Um, and the telltale sign, like we always talk about on the show, is when you see a non-contact injury, you see the, the player usually grab the knee and they don't get up, that's a pretty good sign that your ACL has been involved. Um, and then, you know, once he got up, he was able to walk it out. But, you know, next day we got the, the, the confirmed diagnosis ACL injury. So I think, again, you know, kind of what this, the data is showing, players are speaking to, um, and data has shown that natural grass seems to be um, a little bit better in preventing or, well, let me say not preventing, but natural grass has a better, uh, it's it, it's more forgiving seems to be with the, with the, when it comes to NFL players with ACL and, and foot and ankle injuries. So it seems to be a lot more forgiving than, than the new gen turf. Okay, Dr. T, last one before we get you out of here. Um, A.A. Rod, Aaron Rodgers. So yes, he sir. tore his Achilles, <laughs> but now Correct. he's out here throwing passes, 40, 50 yards. He's walking without crutches. He's walking without um, any support. And it's only been about seven or eight weeks. Now, there's some conspiracy theories out there saying he ain't really tired of Achilles. This is all the publicity stuff. Now, at age 40, that he is, is it possible that he really did tear the Achilles and he's just healing better than, than most athletes that are younger? Yeah, help me out with this. Um. I I would probably say that he did he probably did injure the 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 Achilles. Um, man, if 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 I don't see it, I you can see it shake um, on the initial injury. What, what I will say is we have to realize that based based on the medical treatment that he's probably receiving versus the normal person, um, he probably is he's getting around the clock treatment. Um, whereas the normal average person um, will probably see their doctor every four to six weeks, and you're probably going to see your therapist every three, every other day for approximately an hour versus being able to go in and get treatment, you know, three, four times a day, you know, being able to have access to um, treadmills that are underwater that you can start promoting, um, you know, a better walking gait pattern, um, without loading and stressing it too much, the access that he has to medical care is is much greater than the average person. Um, and it was something that we had kind of said, like, at the beginning, what do you expect Aaron Rodgers to return? And the, the answer to that question was yes. Um, you know, will he be the same Aaron Rodgers will be the question. Um, will he have decent mobility like we talked about, may probably still better than Peyton Manning? Absolutely. So I, I am expecting Aaron Rodgers to return. I don't know if I'm expecting him to be at 100% where he was at, 
But I am expecting to see at least a, a 80% Aaron Rodgers return to the field. Okay, let me modify the question. The first question <laughs> we asked was, will Aaron Rodgers return? So we've answered yes. that. Will yeah, yeah. he return this season? Because he's saying he's going to play this season. Yeah, he's yeah. Saying a couple weeks. He's Two saying he's listening to some dolphins making some noises, and that has helped him. Now, I know medically you probably can't speak to that. I know you well enough to know medically you can't speak to that nonsense. But that's what he's saying. He's saying he's listening to some dolphins do some stuff, and he's going to play again this season. Is that possible? It is possible for him to play. Is it necessary being at the place where the Jets are right now? Why risk it, right? <laughs> why risk it, right? <laughs> There you go. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. So why, why, why? You know, if you plan on, you know, continue to play another two, three years, I'm not sure if it's worth the risk, risk to reward injury lot by just trying to come back to prove a point. Okay. Well, we, it, we, it, it remains to be seen. And I want to thank you for coming on as always. Always. Drop, yes, sir. Dropping some literal science on people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me and K-Walk about to get back to the silliness. But we do like to um, <laughs> inform our people, our listeners, as well as entertain them. I appreciate yeah. you coming on, man, and dropping that knowledge. And we're going to have that. you back in, a, um, in another few weeks. And um, I don't really have a topic now. I'm sure I, I'll come over one between now and then. Or you can just come on, man, and talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. But uh, okay. we'll coordinate. We, we, we'll I'm sure we'll control. have some interest because we we gonna have some we 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 gonna have some basketball players that I'm sure not coming into the preseason where they need to be and uh, yeah we gonna have some basketball injuries coming up real soon. Hey, appreciate we you, do, We we can do a whole two hours on Anthony Street Close Davis because I saw, I, saw I saw him bent over I saw him bent over I'm like what now? Yeah. Hey man, yeah, yeah he, he, say, he, he, he he already he already injured. We 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 two weeks he already hurt. Exactly. Anthony Davis. Exactly. Hey Dr. <laughs> T, thank you for coming on, man. Thank Thanks, you for having some much needed knowledge, man. And I'll holler at you. All right, appreciate it. Y'all have a good evening. Yep. All right, yes, sir. All right, you too, Doc. Right, Thanks, yep. Doc. All right. All right, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, Dr. T, uh, dropping in to make a house call. We definitely appreciate his expertise, and we do mean expertise, ladies and gentlemen. He uh, definitely drops the science and give it to you, you know, um, you know, like it is, like it is. It's from a medical standpoint. It's, it's from a professional, um, you know, um, uh, outlook. Uh, so it's not something he's Googling or looking up a med, web, WebMD. I mean, I see that's, that's the man who knows this stuff for, for sure. So uh, good stuff, Always, Dr. T. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, let's do this. Let's grab our first break here. When we come back, a little bit more about that Chiefs and Dolphins game, just a little bit there, and I want to talk some Baltimore Ravens as well. Um, are they the best team in, in, in the league right now? Um, is Lamar Demetrius the, uh, the, you know, the, the MVP right now? Is he living up to the hype? All that good stuff. And then we want to talk C.J. Stroud as well. What a performance that he had this past week. Um, and then we're going to get into some 49ers talk, some Saints talk. Saints got a – I don't know if it's a big game, but, I, but you know, the way they've been playing lately, it might be a big game for, for those Saints. But nonetheless, we got a plethora remaining for you, ladies and gentlemen. Again, it is Sports Talk with K-Walk and E. Scott right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Jaquan J. Kelly, a.k.a. Jamel Reef, master killer of Wu-Tang and American Saga on Hulu. You're listening to Sports Talk with K. Walker and E. Scott. They're taking a quick break, and they'll be right back. 
Your skin isn't just skin. It's a beautiful reflection of every single thing you've been through in life. Which is why Dove Body Wash removes your skin's ceramides and strengthens it against dryness. For instantly softer, smoother skin, you can lovingly embrace. Renew the love for your skin with Dove Body Wash. Do you need tile installed in your home or business? Then John Robinson Tile LLC is the company for you. We have over 60 years of experience installing tile. We do bathrooms, kitchens, and so much more. Give us a call at 803-529-0092. Check out our website at www.johnrobinsontile2.com. Visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Just search J-Rob Tile or John Robinson Tile. We're licensed and insured and Schluter certified. If you need tile installed, we are your company. We believe in laying hands on everything that we do. That's John Robinson Tile Installation Service for new and old homes. Renovation of kitchens and bathrooms installs all types. That's John Robinson Tile, the number two, dot com. CampLyman.com is an opportunity for my big boys to come get some work. Let's put it all together. But we built from the ground up. You know, our cliche is it all starts up front. Once again, start, stance, hand placement, hand separation, get offs, counter moves, a little bit of everything. Polish up those skills before your middle school or high school season began. Just come work on your craft. Once again, CampLyman.com. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Sports Talk with K. Walk and E. Scott right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, we before the break we were talking to Dr. T, and Dr. T was giving us a breakdown of uh, plantar fasciitis uh, this week, um, this week's injury of the week, if you want to call it that, um, for sure. So, yeah, giving us a breakdown of that. Um, you know, if you're a longtime listener, you know Dr. T always talks various injuries. And he'll be back soon to talk more because we know, I mean, we don't want to see it, though, but it happens, unfortunately. And we'll talk about certain injuries that take place um, throughout sports, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, what have you, and um, how they occur, uh, what the rehab process is. So, again, we like he always says, we like to entertain, you know, we like to entertain and inform at the same time. So, uh, so good stuff there. All right, um, good stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, listen, if there's a topic you want to talk about, we always say, you know, give us, you know, call in. Uh, it could be anything. If you want to talk baseball, we can talk baseball. If you want to talk hockey, we'll talk hockey. We talk NASCAR, we can talk NASCAR. Again, so call in if you, if you like, all right? Three four seven six three seven three two eight two, uh three two eight six. Excuse me, that's three four seven six three seven three two eight six. Call in and uh, and this anything you want to talk about. Ian and I are, are ready and willing and able to talk about that. All right, E. Um, let's get jump back into the NFL. E here, and I uh, want to talk. Um, I want to talk a little bit of the the Bills and Bengals right now. E and the Bills and Bengals game. 
that seems to be one of the one of the, the the biggest games right now. It seems like E and correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe you're seeing it in a different way, but it seems like right now that the uh, the AFC is the leader of the pack when it comes to the conferences, man. I mean, it seems like from top to bottom. They have a lot of teams that can make the playoffs. So if you just look at the the NFC, I mean the AFC North, all teams are above 500. You're talking about the Baltimore Ravens, who we'll talk about in a moment, are seven and two. You got the Steelers, you got the Bengals, and you got the Browns, all at five and three as well. E, good chance for them if the if the playoffs were to start today. All four AFC North teams would be in the playoffs. But let's go to the Bills and Bengals game. What do you take out of that, E? Um, was it, again, was it more the Bengals? Was it more the Bills? Or is the Bills still in our and still in our category of insurance fraud? What say you about that? Bill, Bill, I want to say insurance fraud, but the only leeway I will give them, Josh Allen is definitely the whole team over there. I mean, you you gotta you gotta yeah. you gotta. A great wide receiver in Stephon Diggs, but 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 um, their play goes as Josh Allen goes, and I've seen flashes of brilliance, and I've seen him be terrible. I mean, you just never know which one of them dudes don't show up. So, right. But but so can we say they're good, or or can we say we really don't know because we've seen them be good and we've yeah. seen them be awful and. Now, Joe Burrow has come around. Since Joe Burrow has seemed to somewhat get healthy, Cincinnati's looking like a much better team than, Indeed. you know, they started the season. So I'm going to go with this one. I'm going to go with more Cincinnati than Buffalo in this one because you never know which Buffalo you're going to get out here. Yeah, you just don't know. And when you look at it, uh, I talked about the AFC North. I want to talk about the AFC East a little bit since we're talking the Bills. And you got the Miami Dolphins. We're not sold on them. And we just mentioned I'm, we're both not sold on the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Dr. T talked about the Jets himself, and he said, you know, they're not going anywhere for the most part. And, and the Patriots are 2-7 and seven right now. So one of these teams have to get into the into the uh, the playoffs because they'll win a division. Meaning the Bills, the Dolphins, and you can throw you can throw the Jets in there right now because they they they're about what a half game um, out of first place right now, or a game and a half, I should say, a game and a half out of first place um, right now. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is about the Bills. Uh, I just don't know what it is. They have a, a great quarterback, in my opinion. They have a great receiver, in my opinion. After that, you just really don't know what they have, and you've got to rely on, in this case, Batman and Robin, you know, coming to save the day. But, you know, it helps to have, you know, some citizens there, you know, an Alfred there, you know, if you will. Um, uh, a, uh, I don't know who else. I forget who else Batman and Robin's ally were, um, not Catwoman. I forget who they were, but nonetheless, they need another the ally. Girl. To, was it back, yeah, back girl? They need a okay, a back girl. They need another ally out there, man. You just can't pinpoint it on this team, um, you know, at first glance. Uh, you, you really got to go through that roster to see, okay, well, what's going to happen here? And sitting at five and four, it's going to tell you exactly what this team is about. They're five and four, 
that's what they're going to be. They're going to be a team that's going to be treading above the 500 mark. And I don't know if that's going to get it done to make a deep playoff run. You can't make any more additions here. You can't make any. There's no more trade deadline. The trade deadline has come and gone, so you can't make any additions there. The Dolphins, we just don't know what they're, they're, they're going to be. And the Dolphins and Bills seem to be in the same category. One of those teams are going to win that division, but I just think that'll be the, the highlight of their their season. They're just going to win the AFC East. I, I just don't make, see them winning any um, – or going to get any farther in the uh, deep playoff run here. But going to the Bengals, E, I'm looking at this team. Again, they're 5-3. and three. If you look at the standings, they're at the bottom of the division at 5-3. and three. But what does that really mean? I guess it's just if you just do the semantics and you just break it down to, you know, head-to-head and all that stuff, and that's what it is. But right now, if you look at the playoff uh, the playoff picture, they would be – all four of these teams would be in the, uh, the, the, the playoff uh, – they would be in the playoffs. But, E, the Bengals, can they win this division? Will they win – or will they win this division, I should say? And also, those Baltimore Ravens are right there looking like possibly the best team right now. But what chances do you give the Bengals? I want to talk about them first. What chances do you give the Bengals to make a deep run in the, in the playoffs this year? I think the Bengals can make the playoffs, but I think it's going to be from the wild card spot because mm-hmm. they got off to such a slow start. I think yeah. right now this division is Baltimore's to lose. I think because when we were saying earlier – Who's good and who's not? I'm I'm still gonna say Baltimore is good. I mean, you got Odell playing well. You got Andrews. You got Lamar. You got I mean, you got you got a decent combination of yeah. guys over there. I mean, yeah, they 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 they're gonna drop a game here and there, but I think I'm confident with saying that they're good. But now I'm also confident in saying that that Joe Nim, Joe Joe Cool Nim, they're on the side, yeah. erring on the side of good as well. Again, they just got off to a slow start. I can't call Pittsburgh insurance fraud because they 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 weren't good to start with. I mean, I don't know. So I'm <laughs> going to call them more lucky than than fraud because fraud is when you good. Well, we think you good, but you really not. Well, mm-hmm. I never did think Pittsburgh was good. So again, yeah. they're not fraud. They're just they play. It's kind of like when you see a real ugly dude with a real fine chick. He <laughs> he's dating above his weight class. He must have a lot of money. I mean, so maybe maybe Pittsburgh and them got some money over there, but they mm-hmm. definitely playing above their weight class right now. And then the little nasty boy down in Cleveland, I, I don't know what's going on over there. Well, first he hurt, then he not hurt, then he has a concussion, but he can clear his concussion protocol. Yeah. Then now we back to the shoulder. But how you hurt the shoulder and you ain't played, so that means the shoulder must not have been hurt. The was still hurt. I, I don't know what's going on over there. So yeah. I can't call them fraudulent either because I, I don't know what's going on over there. But like you said, if the playoffs started today, all four of them are in. But yeah. clearly the Bengals and the Ravens are the best team in that division right now. Yeah, when you look at it, yeah, you, when you look at it from top to bottom, of course you got the Chiefs, the Ravens, uh, the Jaguars, the Dolphins. I mean, somebody's got to win the East. I mean, we, we we pinpointed that somebody's got to win East. Somebody's got to win the East division. But when you look at side of the, as you mentioned, the wild card, three of those three of those uh, the AFC North teams are in the wild card. They're 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 
they're finishing out the uh, you know the playoff spots. You got the Bills on the outside looking in, then you got the Texans and the Chargers, and then we talked about the Jets. But none of those teams, they really the Bills. I really think that these AFC North can get all four teams in right now. So, you know, I know C.J. Stroud, and we're going to talk about him in a moment. Is is playing really well. I mean, and the Texans are are playing really good. They're second in the South behind the Jags, and uh, the Jags are looking good um, right now. They're at six and two to the third seed. If you were to start today, they got my Forty ers which um, you know, it's very possible the Forty ers could lose four in a row. Um, but you know, you're looking at this team. It's going back to the Bengals, man. Joe Cool looks good right now, but Chase, uh, Jamar Chase, right now. He seems to be dealing with an injury, uh, so we're going to see how if he can't play this week. Um, they're playing the Texans, so this is it's not going to be an easy one for the Tex. I mean, for the Bengals because the Texans are playing really good football right now. C.J. Stroud, we saw what he did. Again, we'll talk about him. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, especially if Chase, if Jamar Chase can go because we know how effective he could be. Um, but staying on the AFC uh, North, Ian, I want to talk about I guess the. I guess the cream of that particular crop is that's the Baltimore Ravens, man. Baltimore Ravens, my guy, Lamar Demetrius Jackson, man. You know, I, I fought for this guy, and I said, he, you know, pay this man, get him some weapons, and you're going to see the real Lamar Jackson. In my opinion, we're seeing that right now. They're 7-2. and two. They have the, They're the best record in the North, obviously. They're tied with the Chiefs for the best record in, in the AFC right now. Um, the Chiefs, for whatever reason, I, I don't know what the, why, I don't know if it's, you know, how they figured it out, but the Chiefs are number one seed right now. But the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, these guys, do you see them continuing to, to, to get better, performing well? Because they, they, they went in, or not went in, they beat, um, a very good Seattle Seahawks team, um, last week, you know, in, in Baltimore. And they shut those guys down with 30 to 6, man. That's not an easy task for a, a Pete Carroll-led team. But what say you about the Ravens? Are they the real deal? Do you think they're the best team in the AFC? Or, and if, if you do, do you also think they're the best team in the NFL? What say you? Right now, today, November 8th, I'm going to mm-hmm. say they're the best team in the NFL. Now, again, that okay. can change week to week, day to day. Right. But, like, they beat a very good Detroit team. They beat mm-hmm. a Pete Carroll-led Seattle team. And Lamar, I was reading the other day, Lamar has some incredible record against the NFC. I don't remember what it and is. It won. And it won. But, yeah, he, he beats the hell out of the NFC. Mm-hmm. Now, if he could just, you know, do that in the AFC, but they look good. They're, they're one of the few teams, like I said, that I can say that's actually good right now at the midway point of the season because a lot of teams that I thought were good through week five yeah. are I, I don't I'm not gonna say that they're not good. They're just not living up to the hype that I Absolutely. thought that they would be. And then there are some other teams that I think that are overachieving, such as the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers are, are obviously overachieving. But <laughs> if they can ride that to the playoffs, you know, more power to them. But um right now I'm going to say um the Baltimore Ravens are the best team in football, but second behind them, I think, are the Chiefs. The Chiefs wow. are still good, too. Again, like I said, Mahomes lost to Denver, but he had the swine flu, and now that he's better, you're going you're gonna to see them look better. I, I still want to err on the side of Philly being good with the okay. brotherly shove and the other stuff they got. It's just that 
<laughs> Philly wins, and it don't look pretty. I mean, you you thinking, you know, okay, this team went to Super Bowl last year. They just finna come out here and dominate teams. Well, they don't. They don't dominate. But hey, when that clock hits triple zeros, they got the most points. And that's really all yeah. you need to do. If you can somehow figure that out, when it hit triple zeros, hey, we got more points than you. Then you good. That's how Philly's winning games. Now you're forty nine and K Walk, then drop three in a row. You know, the the, the, the pundits saying they done figured out Purdy and this, that and the other. Now if 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 you lose four in a row, I mean and you possibly could because Jacksonville's a very good team, then we're gonna have to start talking about insurance fraud on the forty nineers. We're not quite there yet. But if you lose four in a row then, but we thought they were going to be better. Now, I really had no expectations for Dallas. I think Dallas was playing above their weight class, too, because in my opinion, <laughs> Dallas is only as good as Dak. And and, and, and Dak hadn't been it. This, well, Dak ain't never been this even in the league, in my opinion. But, hey, that's, it is what it is. And then um, the guy that who, – who's the running back? Tony Pollard? And they got rid of Zeke and thought he was going to yeah, have to leave the team. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he, yes. I don't know if he's hurt or injured, but he's not really living up to the hype that they thought he would either. I think CeeDee Lamb is the best player on that football team, and that's just a few weeks from me removed saying Michael Parsons was the best player in the league. Well, we now know that's Miles Garrett is the best player in the league, but there's so much parity in this game that can yeah. change by next week, too. Now, that's not to say Michael Parsons is not good, ladies and gentlemen, because he is no. still very good. But I think C.D. Lamb is the best player on that football team right now. So go – and, you know, you usually go as good as your best player. Now, this, yes, dude, Miles, this dude, Miles Garrett, k that is just unfair. Different animal. Different animal. I, I, it's just unfair because, like, if you're an opposing quarterback, like, for example, one of the best football players I've ever seen is Lawrence Taylor. But when you're an opposing quarterback and you walk into the line of scrimmage, you're in the shotgun, you knew Lawrence Taylor was going to be over on the left side. That's where he was. Now, I'm not saying you can stop it, but you knew where it was going to be. Now, when you walk up to the line facing Cleveland, you damn near have to call a timeout to find Miles Garrett. Hey, <laughs> where he at? Because like, he's not always in the same place. I mean, teams have to do the same with Michael Parsons, but Miles Garrett, if you look up and you know your, your right guard is the weakest <laughs> offensive lineman you got, and Miles Garrett is lying up in front of him, and you need to burn a timeout. And then he goes like, hey, why'd you call a timeout? Did you see where Miles Garrett was? He gonna eat him alive. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he I, I don't know, but yeah, that's just kind of where we are right now. Yeah, yeah, and I, I can't argue with you there, man. I mean, you made every all, all your points were valid uh, for sure. And when when you look at this, uh, and when you look at this this league in general, and you mentioned my Forty Niners, Forty Niners started out like you know, you know like a bat out of a, a bat out of hell, you know, uh, for, for sure, man. And then you know. Uh, you can blame it on a couple of injuries, but, you know, they're not making excuses by any stretch of the imagination because they had opportunities to win, you know, all three of those games, maybe with the exception of, of the Bengals game. But that, that uh, you know, that Browns and that, uh, and that uh, Vikings game, they still had a chance to win that game. But nonetheless, their, their, their record is what, 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 what they say they are. You know, your record is who you are. They're 5-3 and three right now. But looking at it right now, if the playoffs were to start, if the 49ers, you know, as bad as they played, they would be the third seed right now. You know, but um, what does that say, though? Does that say, you know, they're a third seed, um, you know, they're five and three, lost three in a row. You know, you, you, 
to, to your point, you just really don't know who the best team is. You could look at it and look at a roster and say, okay, well, they have the best this, they have the best that, so forth and so on. Who has the best record, what they look like in their last two, three games, what, or what, say, what have you. You, you, can, you can throw a lot of that out, but I have to agree with you. I mean, everyone has to agree with the fact that there is a lot of parity in this league right now. The Eagles look like the cream of the crop because they only lost one game. They lost to the Jets. The Jets are four and four, and you, just, you know, and a lot of people are saying, "Where are the Jets going?" So it's it's the, it's the cliche. Any given Sunday, you know, game of inches. You know, anybody can beat anyone at, at any given time. So it's going to be it's it's, it's making up to be a very interesting season uh, for sure. And you have a lot of uh, teams that are in the mix to make some runs. Got teams on the bubble that can possibly, you know, be in the, the playoffs uh, for sure. We may see some teams that we never even thought would be in the, in the playoffs be there. But it's going to be interesting. This is sex started the second half of the season. So first interesting half of the season, to say the least, second half of the season is where you really have to, to buckle up and, um, and, and, you know, put your chin straps on, you, you know, bring your lunchbox, all those cliches that you have there. But it's going to be interesting to see. I do think that Baltimore right now are playing the most consistent football throughout, um, throughout the game. I, you know, even though the, the Eagles have a, a better record by one game, the Eagles have been squeaking by. Again, they find a way to win. I know you could say, you know, well, that's what great teams do. That's what Super Bowl teams do. They find a way to win. But, you know, at some point it's got to catch up to you. But when you have when you have a team like Baltimore who's been playing consistently um, great football, they lose consistently, they, they win consistently more times than not, meaning that all of their not, – not all of their units – like take a uh, take a week off with the with the with the Eagles, you could say that their offense took a week off, but the defense helped them out. Vice versa, special teams took a week off, but the defense and whatever the case may be, with the with the with the Ravens, they lose as a team. And they win as they win as a team, and they lose as a team. As the, the Eagles, I know you can make an argument they lose as a unit. You know they win as a unit, um, but. What can you really say about it? It's really hard to put my finger on it, but I just know that they win more times than not, meaning the Eagles. So it's going to be very interesting to see. And with the with the Chiefs, um, they're starting the league starting to figure out the Chiefs. You talk about the league figuring out Brock Purdy. I think they're starting to figure out the Chiefs. Look, take away uh, take away Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, and then uh, they the the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, if you take away Taylor Swift, you're going to take away take, uh, 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 Travis Kelsey. If you take away Travis Kelsey, you're going to take away Patrick Mahomes. So that's a trickle-down theory there. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, uh, for sure. All right, E, I want to uh, switch gears here a little bit. Um, and I want to talk about uh, the young kid. The young man, C.J. Stroud, man, and what he has done up until this point, and he has gotten the Texans um, in a position to, uh, to 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 make a playoff run and possibly win the uh, uh, win the South. You know, of course, they're going to need some help, uh, you know, from other teams to to to, to, to eliminate Jaguars or to have the Jaguars lose. But he, looking at this guy's um, this guy's uh, stats, man. He has a total of uh, 2,270 yards passing. 
He has 14 touchdowns, one interception. This is a rookie, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, he's this time last year he was playing. You know, he's playing at Ohio State. You know, he was getting ready for the the college football playoffs. So right now, this young man and what he's done this past week against the Buccaneers, which is unheard of, leading that team back uh, in the last minutes of that game. And then I just realized that we don't have Special K on yet, but um, maybe this could be the reason why. I don't know. But uh, I'm just saying. Um, 470 yards, E, five touchdowns, C.J. Stroud. I mean, is this guy, is can he, can he continue this? Can he sustain this, man? And um, is he, will he, if he can stay healthy, obviously, will he uh, be the unanimous rookie of the year, or offensive rookie of the year? What say you about this young man? I think he's going to definitely be rookie of the year. I even heard his name mentioned in, in MVP talk. I think wow. that's a little ambitious, but yeah. I do definitely think he's going to be rookie of the year. I mean, because, like, you got him, Kenneth Hooker, um, Bryce Young, uh, Anthony Richardson, who's gone, who's hurt, mm-hmm. and there was another one. Um, Will Levis? Will Levis Will is Levis, now in yeah. the So yeah. they were mm-hmm. trying to say who was the best rookie quarterback because it was a quarterback-heavy draft. Well, I think mm-hmm. he's more than answered that question because yeah. I'm watching the game on Sunday. The Saints game went off. They said one. And we're sitting there. We're at their house. And mm-hmm. the Tampa get is on. And, you know, Tampa's in my division, so I root against them naturally. Mm-hmm. But I want to see the game. Baker Mayfield comes down and doesn't screw it up. I'm like, okay, Baker, I see you. Who would have thought a rookie could come in with 46 seconds left and yeah. lead the drive that he had? I was actually in awe, K-Walk. I mean, yeah. I knew the kid was good, but I'm like, he came out. You, you saw no signs of being nervous. You saw no no rookie jitters. You saw the same guy you saw at Ohio State last year. Yeah. He was confident. He was poised. He knew what he was going to do. He ran the two-minute drill like he'd done that before. And I'm sure mm-hmm. he has, but just not on this level. So they showed Baker Mayfield home on the sideline sitting on the bench with his head <laughs> in his hand. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. saying to myself, hey, Baker, hold your head up, dog. This wasn't you. You did right. what you needed to do. And then I heard some commentator. Now he was being facetious when he said it. But he was like, mm-hmm. oh, they left CJ Stroud too much time. Hey, man, you left for 46 seconds. <laughs> and, nowhere, that, and nowhere is that too much time. But, hey, he came out. He got it done. I was very impressed with that young man on Sunday. To me, that 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 was the the, the end of a game anyway. Was the game of the yeah. week? That in the Minnesota game. That, those were the games of the week. Yeah, and I, and I want to definitely talk about Joshua Dobbs as well and that Minnesota team. But yeah, e, I agree with you there, man. I mean, it's just such it's such poise from that young man, and 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 you have to look at it this. E, you have to put. You have to give credit to these young men. You look at these quarterbacks who have played, who have succeeded um, in the NFL, and you look at what they've done in the uh, in in the in college. Like you know, you have these big time guys that, like um, who who've been drafted high. Let's say Trey Lance, because you know he has those tools. You know he he looks great. Um, you know he has the arm, he has the mobility, things of that nature. Um, but he only played a handful of games in the uh, in, in in college, 
And did you look at um, let me see who else uh, another name out there you could you could throw out there like Anthony Richardson. I know Anthony Richardson is is, is guilty of you know he's being hurt you know as a shoulder injury concussion and it's only one season so we're not you know maybe I wouldn't use him as an example but the two guys that I'm I am going to use as an example is are Brock Purdy and C.J. Stroud. Brock Purdy no he played he he played a ton of football. In a good conference in the Big Ten or the the the, the, the it was the Pac-12, Big Twelve, I think it was for the you know Iowa State, and then you have uh, C.J. Stroud who played a ton of games and arguably arguably the best conference in in the country and been in the Big Ten. So you look at these guys; they're prepared, Ian, and and they have these guys, these coaches, head coaches, head uh, ex NFL coaches who prepare them for these big type games. You know, C.J. Stroud; they play against Penn State, they play against Michigan. You know, they you know they the list just goes on and on there, and they play in, in the big uh, you know big time fans. So it's kind of like an NFL atmosphere for these guys um, week in and week out. So when they get to you know when they get to the NFL, it's just like, oh well, okay. The playbook is maybe different, but situation is still the same. It's a big time game because I'm used to this crowd is still the same. I'm used to this, you know. I'm used to this crowd, if not more, because you know, sometimes you know you play in front of a hundred thousand fans. You're not going to play in front of a hundred thousand fans in uh, in the NFL, and you know, unless in, in, in you know, and not live anyway. So these guys, guys, some of these guys are kind of prepared. So I think you have to start looking at, you know, meaning these teams have to start looking at these quarterbacks and what they have accomplished in college as opposed to their physical attributes, man, because you could be, you know, you could be blinded by that. A lot of teams have been blinded by by that, by looking at you go back and see some of these guys that, you know, who have been, you know, chalked up to be the greatest, you know, coming out of college, but they never lived up to the hype. And you look at these guys who've been drafted late rounds who have lived up to the hype. So there are some exceptions to the rule, of course, but more times than not, you're going to see those guys who succeeded in college are going to succeed in um, in the NFL. And so, but hats off to C.J. Stroud, man, young man who's been prepared. I think he's been prepared for this. He's ready to go, and he's put it, and he's in a, in, a, in a great situation with a young head coach and uh, uh, D'Amico Ryan's. Um, you know, and uh, a young, hungry team right now. They don't have any known. Uh, they have no name guys there, but they're making names for themselves going along. So hats off to C.J. Stroud, and I agree with you. He, you know, he's unanimous uh, rookie of the year. If he can keep this going, stay healthy. I'm not going to worry when I say this. All right, e, real quick, I want to talk about another quarterback that you met. Go ahead, e. I'm sorry, you had something else. No, no, I just wanted. I want to speak on Trey Lance for a quick second. Go, go ahead. Um, I, I think Trey Lance gets an unfair shake. I mean, because the one time that we saw Trey Lance was in a monsoon against the Bears, and he got mm-hmm. hurt. And now, no, through no fault of his own, Brock Purdy comes in and plays very well in the Shanahan system. And so I think your 49ers get a bad rap when they say, oh, they missed on Trey Lance and this and this mm-hmm. and this know necessarily what Trey Lance would have been in the system. I'm not saying he'd have been good or bad. I just think to label him as saying, oh, he, he didn't work out with Kyle hand and, and um, John Lynch got it wrong, I don't necessarily mm-hmm. think they did. I just think they did get it right on Brock Purdy. And of the two, 
you've only really seen Purdy, and that shows that they got that one right. But I just think Trey Lance gets a bad rap because, like, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people talk bad about him. I really think Dallas should have moved him at the trade deadline, too, to give that young man a chance to play somewhere. Because I don't think, unless Dak gets hurt, he's not going to play in Dallas. Even though Dak's Mm. terrible at times, he's not going to play. But I I think this young man does deserve a chance to play somewhere. And I just want to say, man, I think he gets a bad rap. Because, again, the one game that we saw, man, was in monsoon-like conditions, and the brother got hurt. I just wanted to say that real quick. Yeah, I get what you're saying. He didn't get hurt in that particular game, but I get what you're saying. And it's that Wally Pip um, situation. I don't know if you guys know, know who Wally Pip is. Wally Pip is a uh, a former uh, uh, a baseball player back in the day. Wasn't he, uh, wasn't he the first yeah. baseman that Lou Gehrig took his spot? There you go. Yeah, exactly. You know that exactly. He got a headache. He he couldn't play because he he had a he had a headache. And then Lou Gehrig came in to replace him. And then we all know the history. Lou Gehrig <laughs> took advantage of that situation. And now we talk about Lou Gehrig. So that's the same situation. I mean, not the same situation, but similar situation. You know, um, whereas you know Trey Lance went down, or Jimmy Garoppolo actually went down, and that's when uh, Brock Purdy took over. So it's kind of like that Wally Pip situation. But I agree with you, E. I don't think that Trey Lance got the full, um, you know, uh, the the full outcome of the game, or you know, allowed him to to do what he needed to do. Maybe he needed, you know, he needs a different atmosphere. But he went to Dallas. I don't understand that move to this day because he's still right now listed as a third quarterback. So I don't know why he he's upset. Why you know he's you know he was a third quarterback with San Francisco but he prefers to be the third quarterback in Dallas. I don't understand that. But nonetheless, that's for that's at this point, that's for Trey Lance to, uh, <laughs> to to figure out. But nonetheless, yeah. So, yeah, I definitely do, do agree that, you know, some, some quarterbacks do need more opportunities there. But if they constantly get hurt, E, you know the rap on there. They're, con- they're, they're just injury prone, man. They're just injury prone. And the 49ers wanted to move on from that because as, because as much as they gave up for him, you know, they took a bad rap for that, you know, not a bad rap. I think it's warranted at this point, but I think they felt like they had to move on. They um, they both had to move on from one another because it just wasn't working. And like you mentioned, Brock Purdy came in there and did what he did. But uh, nonetheless, uh, let's move on. Um, let's talk about Will Levis real quick. E. Will Levis. He's been named the uh, QB1 for the rest of the season for, uh, for, for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, we know that uh, Ryan Tannehill, and, and, and he, Ryan Tannehill was their guy, and he went down with an injury. Then they kind of brought in Malik Willis, man, and they drafted Malik Willis high a couple of years ago, Ian, in the second round. But it just seems like we're talking about Trey Lance. We're talking about Malik Willis in the same breath as far as saying that this guy hasn't really gotten an opportunity to prove himself. Maybe I don't know what's going on in Tennessee and what they're seeing that we're not seeing, but it seems like he has every physical attribute just like Trey Lance. But what say you about, um, you know, Malik Willis not being, you know, put in the mix, and then Will Levis, who they drafted, I think, second round, um, high is now their guy. What say you about Will Levis? Yeah, I didn't really understand that move either because I've always – well, I think – 
Tannehill going up there re, re, gave his career a resurgence because he was terrible with the Dolphins. But he was like a born-again rebel, you know, mm-hmm. out there. Then when he got hurt, I just assumed my Malik Willis was the heir apparent. But, you know, obviously not. They decided to go with Will Levis. Now, Will Levis has a cannon for an arm, but yeah. I, I didn't know that, you know, he would be named QB1. I, I just – obviously there's some stuff that goes on K Walk that we don't, you know, ever get to know yeah. about. But this yeah. is a real surprising, shocking move to me that they would just skip right over Malik Willis and go directly to – um, Will Levis. I mean, because even if Will Levis is good, I mean, it's kind of like a um, a Jordan Love situation. You want him to sit. Well, I guess you could say we don't want him to sit and learn from a dude who's not, you know, proven. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I don't know because again, Jordan Love it ain't working out well for him either, mm-hmm. and he sat behind Aaron. But I just think is that Jordan Love is just not that good to start with. I mean, he's not terrible, but you know he. He he needs a lot of things around him, but with the with the Will Levis thing, that that really did perplex me because again, I just assumed Malik Willis was the heir apparent. Yeah, you would think so because he again because he drafted him so high, and Ryan Tannehill is not taken too kindly to this, uh, you know, to Will Levis uh, being named the starter. I mean, what what real competitor would you know? What real competitor would? It kind of feels like that that Derek Carr situation all over again when they decided to move on for him. And we are we going to see um, Ryan Tannehill be moved out of the building because he can't, you know, he can't be traded. Um, you know, you can, you know, you can release him, which I think was is ultimately going to happen when someone can pick him up. But, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting to see. Will Levis is, is taking this opportunity, um, you know, by the reins, and, he, and, he, and he's showing his, his skills, and you see why they drafted him, you know, so high. But Malik Willis has the same attributes. He has a strong arm. When he came out of Liberty, he has a strong arm. He's very mobile. I just don't know what it is. Maybe he's not good in the, uh, the meetings, uh, the, the quarterback room. I don't know what it is. We're not hearing anything. Like you said, we're not hearing anything about this other than the fact that he just keeps getting bypassed, man. He just keeps getting bypassed. You go from Ryan Tannehill, and then you go from – you don't even go to a Malik Willis for a full game. You go to a Malik Willis for the first half and then Will Levis for the second half. And then you go back to Ryan Tannehill – and then you go back to, and then when Ryan Tannehill is hurt or benched or whatever, you immediately go to Will Levis, and it's just like, what's going on with Malik Willis? But and Malik Willis is, you know, being a professional, because I don't know if I can bite my tongue. I'm like, why am I not getting my opportunity? You know, maybe in there, and and, and, well, and, and Malik Willis is, you know, he, he's conceded to the fact. I don't know what it is. I'm not even going to try to speculate, ladies and gentlemen, by any stretch of the imagination. But I want to know why Malik Willis is uh, somebody, some type of source, has to be out there investigating in their ear, their ear to the ground, if you will, and to find out why um, Malik Willis is constantly being, um, you know, bypassed um, week in and week out when Ryan Tannehill is not available. All right, good stuff there. E, all right, one more quarterback here, man. It's quarterback heavy tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And I want to talk about Josh. Joshua Dobbs, man. Joshua Dobbs, who um, was drafted by the uh, drafted by the the Pittsburgh Steelers, then traded to the Arizona Cardinals, then tra- ultimately traded to the Minnesota Vikings. Now, E, 
the he, he did it also he did a, a decent job with the Cardinals for the most part for what he had to deal with if you know what I mean you know that team is that organization right now is it's is in such disarray right now it's a lot of internal stuff going on that's another topic for another day ladies and gentlemen we'll, we'll try to die, put that in one day uh, one show um, but they traded him to the uh, the Minnesota Vikings once uh, Kirk Cousins went down he he came in there not knowing any he didn't take any reps. Zero reps, ladies and gentlemen. He took zero reps in the week leading up to uh, to Sunday. Um, they had a young man from BYU, uh, Allen, come in there and start the game. Um, he got hurt. Another Viking went down. Joshua Dobbs, again, zero reps, ladies and gentlemen. And what that means is he did not take one snap in practice. You know, he did not throw one ball to the, any of these receivers. And he went out there, he and he led this team to a victory over the uh, the Falcons, over the Falcons. And he, I know you were happy about this <laughs> for the Falcons, man. The Falcons went down, but nonetheless, um, what say you about Joshua Dobbs and what it, you know his you know his professionalism and also his future going forward? Is he going to be paid as a a strong number two or low number one? How do you see this going forward? And what what say you about the jobs the Joshua Dobbs uh, situation right now? Well, next to the C.J. Stroud thing, this was the most impressive thing for the weekend. They said mm-hmm. he came in, he didn't even know someone to play his name. Offensive nah. linemen or, or receivers. And they were, like, they were like, well, I, we can't say he's drawing up plays in the dirt because they're playing no artificial turf. So <laughs> what, what is, they were like, what is he saying in the huddle? Hey, you, number of so-and-so, you go five and out. You run a button hook and you run a curl. If none of that is there, he didn't get the running back. I'm gonna hand it to you. All right, break. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no way he could talk. I mean, you know, what's John Groove like? Why two banana? I mean, well, what's he what's he calling? And for him to be able to come in, not know any of the plays, not know you know, have the players and get that done. To me, that was very impressive. Now, you ask, are they going to give him some money? Well, Carol, let's not get ahead of ourselves. There's still yeah. a lot of football left to be played. I mean, because since last year, he, I think he's on his, what, 15. So, yeah. you know, there's something else going on over there. When you only been uh-huh. the lead these many years and you've been on five different teams. Now, they say the brother's really smart. So he's like an astrophysicist or something like that. But, okay. you know, we don't know how that translates to football. So I don't know what he's going to do for his money. But I know Sunday was very impressive. Yeah, for sure. And I'm not talking about the Vikings. I just think someone's out there looking oh, at this guy. Right. No, yeah, yeah, not the Vikings. But someone's going to go out there and look at this guy. And not even number one. Just a quality number two guy, you know, you know, behind maybe like you know a Josh Allen or, or someone like that, someone who tends to get her. Or maybe if you if you look at uh, uh, what no, he was with Cleveland, wasn't he? I think he was with Cleveland. I said I think I, was he with Cleveland or was he with Pittsburgh? One of those two teams. But nonetheless, any like yeah, right, right, right. So I think he'll be a I think he'll be a quality backup for someone for for a quarterback that you know maybe is prone to injury, maybe like he, you know, the Dolphins or someone like that. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, very impressive 
what he what he did this past weekend, not knowing any of these guys, not taking any reps in that little time that he was there, um, and and leading that team to to victory. And this is one of those things. It's kind of like a a flag football league where you just say, you know, you don't have a play call. You just re- you literally in a flag football game. I play flag football. You really go in there and said exactly what you said. He, you give me this. You give me an out route. You give me a corner route. You give me a slant. You give me this. You know whatever. Exactly how you. You just you just uh, you broke it down. He it's probably how it really went down in that huddle, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if it went down like that. But again, very Im- impressive. If he's that guy, as smart as he, you know you, you know you said he is, then and it's probably easy for him to just to, to figure out the angles and things of that nature. He, maybe that's the easy part for him, and you throw some athleticism in there, and the sky's the limit. But maybe there's some other things right there that if you know generally if you're a, a travel guy like he is, there's more to it than just you know him not being as good of a quarterback as he maybe it's a personal thing maybe he's maybe he's a cocky guy we don't know he's smart and maybe he's condescending because you know some of those genius guys or smart guys <laughs> can tend to be condescending if you know what i mean but he, all right good stuff there you are let's do this let's grab our next break here when we come back i want to switch gears just a little bit hey, I, well, actually i want to talk when we come back i want to just preview the, the 49ers and jags i want to preview the saints and um in the Vikings game um, as well, speaking of the Vikings. And then and I want to dive into some college football as well. Top four came out this um, yesterday. want to get your thoughts and opinions on those top four. want to talk a little Jim Harbaugh as well. Uh, looks like there's a, a ruling coming down on the sign-stealing uh, investigation. Also, Michigan and Penn State plays this week. And, of course, my Gators against your LSU Tigers. Definitely got to dive into that for sure. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, if you don't know already, it's Sports Talk with Kay Walk and E. Scott right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. We'll be right back. You're inside Never Had It So Good Sports Radio with Princess Cooper, Tim Moore, David the Duck Riley, Jason Collins, Shoshana Cook, Brittany Jones, Travis McGee, Eric Scott, and Kevin Walker. We make it easy to talk sports. Hey, South Carolina. Greetings from music recording artist Marcus Allen. Our accountants at Javis Tax Service won the state's best tax office in the state. They're open year-round to serve you from Columbia's only drive through office. Give them a call, 803-419-1001. That's 803-419-1001. Take your football game to the next level with the National Youth Football League. The National Youth Football League is powered by former NFL players and great coaches across the United States. They provide student-athletes with opportunities to play football year-round. Spring leagues in the greater Triangle area are now forming for ages 5 to 18. To pre-register, log on to NationalYouthFootballLeague.com. That's NationalYouthFootballLeague.com.
you have any unwanted pests in your home or commercial building? Well, Wilson Termite and Pest Control LLC can rescue you. We specialize in bed bugs, termites, rodents, and so much more. Just call Wilson Termite and Pest Control LLC at 803-764-2461 in Columbia, South Carolina, and Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We're open 8 to 5 weekdays and by appointment on Saturday. We strive to provide complete care for our customers. Visit our website at www.wilsonpestcontrolsc.com. That's Wilson Termite and Pest Control, LLC. We're your family-friendly and environment-friendly pest control company. Bad boys, bad boys, what What you you gonna gonna do? What What you gonna do when we come for you? And we are back. It is Sports Talk with Cave Walk and E. Scott right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, again, if you're just joining us, uh, we were talking uh, C.J. Stroud. Uh, we were talking Will Levis um, as well, uh, giving our thoughts and opinions on, on these young quarterbacks and what they have done up until this point uh, in the season. want to stay on some NFL talk before we switch it over to some, uh, some college football. And what I want to do is I want to talk about, uh, E., I want to talk about the 49ers and uh, and the Jags game. 49ers and Jags are the uh, – well, I guess they would be the game of the week. I'm not sure how you want to look at it. Uh, but nonetheless, 1 o'clock game, 49ers are coming off of a bye, as are the Jags. Uh, so both teams have two weeks to prepare for one another. Um, great stuff by the NFL, if you want to look at it that way, allowing these two, these two promising teams – uh, to get two weeks to prepare, not giving one or the other the advantage, if you will. Um, but e, the 49ers are coming off of uh, a three-game losing streak uh, right now. Um, they're trying to subside, you know, trying to to, to subside this, this this losing streak. They're trying to kill this losing streak. They get Debo back. Uh, we know that Trent Williams is still a question mark. They're optimistic about him playing, nonetheless. Um, obviously, they they um, uh, they they bring in uh, Chase Young, the uh, young DN out of uh, Washington, uh, in that trade right before the deadline. And uh, they they also what I what I like I think the biggest thing for me, other than Debo coming back, uh, is that they move Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator, from the booth down to the sideline. I know that sounds it doesn't sound like much, ladies and gentlemen, but believe you me, that's that's it's it's a big move. Um, not saying if it's going to be a, it's going to be the deciding move that you know as far as the 49ers being the Jags, but e with all that being laid out, you know the Jags have um, aspirations of winning the North, I mean winning the South, excuse me, in the AFC, and then ultimately making a deep playoff run. Two teams right now kind of heading in opposite directions. How do you see this game playing out? And and give me your thoughts and predictions on this. <clears throat> Well, I I refuse to believe that the 49ers are going to drop four in a row. Now, the Jags have been playing good. Is the game in 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 San Fran or is it in Jacksonville? It's in Jacksonville. I was trying to get to that game. It's in Jacksonville at one o'clock. So it's an East Coast game for the 49ers. Exactly. That's rough. They're rough. <laughs> but they got two weeks to prepare for it. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> you you can't prepare for heat, K. Well, the 49ers are used to the heat. The 49ers are California teams. So that, that, K. I live in Florida. Okay. 
This Florida okay. Heat is something different. It, it, it's a different animal. Out of all the stadiums I've been to, I went to a Saints Jags game in Jacksonville. I want to say 2019. That is the hottest I have ever been. <laughs> I was so hot, I went up to the concession stand because, you know, water was like 6 $7 a bottle. I was going to pay whatever it cost. But I went up to the concession stand, and they were out. Because this was, like, late in the game. And I was like, well, can I have a cup of ice? And she was like, well, we normally don't give out a cup of And she looked at me. She immediately mm-hmm. filled up a cup of ice and gave it to me. And I went wow. over to the water fountain, and I drank as much water as I could. I I had pants on. And when I got home and changed, I literally had, like, two blisters on my knees from where that sun was beating down on me. Wow. Yeah, that, it, okay. it was hot, but now... It's November now. This was like I was going to say. I was going to ask you a month. I want to say this was October. Yeah, okay. this was this was late October. So, but it, it was still hot. But yeah, um, but I I don't think San Fran is going to lose four in a row. I just I just don't see that happening. Although Jacksonville has yeah. been playing well, if you get Debo back, you got Purdy. <laughs> I mean, Jacksonville, like, it's kind of like what you said about the Eagles, though. They just find a way to win. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be interesting. But in my pool, I am picking San Fran, only because, like I said, you're not going to lose four in a row. Because I do still think, like, we name the teams that we think are good. I do mm-hmm. think San Fran has the potential to be one of those teams. But now, like I said, if they lose this one, that's four in a row, they immediately yeah. go to insurance fraud. Yeah, and I have to agree with you there, man. As much as I, you know, I'm a 49ers fan, and I'm, I'm going to put everything into this at the same time, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not going to, you know, put one ingredient on one side and put the other one ingredient on the other side, meaning I'm going to be an analyst at one point and then a fan at another point. I'm putting all in, I'm mixing all this together when I say what I'm about to say, is that I look at this 49ers team, and I, I just can't see them losing four in a row. I mean, I couldn't see them losing two in a row. Um, let alone three in a row. And you go back and you look at the way that they lost, and they still had opportunities to uh, to win those games. When you come back and you have a two-week layoff, which I think they absolutely needed um, because they needed to regroup, um, you bring in a young guy in Chase Young. Again, I don't think he's going to be like the difference maker here, but I think it's an added an added motivational tool to the to to their goal, if you will. And then you bring into what. Seems like if you want to look at it as a mid-season trade or a mid-season addition in Debo, because he's 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 missed the last three games. And as I stated last week, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't realize how much we missed. We would miss Debo when he was out, but he is obviously the straw that stirs that drink, if you will. Um, so with that being said, I think that in on top of that. They bring down Steve Wilkes. I think they're making the changes, the necessary changes that they need, and they're they're motivated. They know what their goal is. They know how they went out last season um, as far as, you know, in the NFC Championship. I think they're back to being who they are, and they don't take anyone lightly. I don't, I'm not saying they took anyone lightly before. We talked about the parity in the league. There's a lot of parity in the league. I'm not saying the 49ers are going to come out here and be gangbusters and blow the Jaguars out by any stretch of imagination. I think they're going to have to earn this game because the Jaguars are as good as advertised. Um, and you're going to see Trevor Lawrence do his thing and TN, all those all those weapons that they have. They have a uh, really decent offense, I mean, defense as well. But I think that 
the 49ers will do their thing and just be a step better, a point better, three points, four better, whatever, whatever it takes to get. I think the 49ers will end that streak, I hope for sure. Um, if not, um, you, know, you know, check on me for sure because I might be on suicide watch and I'm not making any jokes about that, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, um, I'm not trying to downplay suicide watch by any stress. Let me, let me retract that. Um, just check on me to make sure that, you know, I'm not crying or anything like that. Let me rephrase that, ladies and gentlemen. Let me rephrase that. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the 49ers here too, man. I just think that they just get it done, man. I just think they have to get it done. It's a business trip. I kind of like the fact that they're going on the road in two weeks uh, to prepare for this game and they're going to be on the road so there aren't any real distractions they don't have to worry about tickets or any things of that nature you know that's you know sometimes that can play a big factor in and in, into uh, going into uh preparing for a, a team like the jag so i'll take the 49ers in a close one though uh for sure so uh, go niners all right next game here man we got the uh the nfc south leading leading new orleans saints here man Stop smiling, at me. stop smiling, at me. <laughs> against the, uh, the the Minnesota Vikings that we talked about the surprising uh, win that they had last week. Um, e right now the the Saints, um, you know, right there in, in the hundred things, like they're the leading, they're leading that South, which which I predicted them to do. I know it's a lot of football left to be played, but I think that um, they're going to continue to play um, consistent football as long as everyone can stay healthy, man. Um, how do you see this one playing? Actually, let me give you my thoughts and opinions, and I'll let you. I'll let you give your thoughts and opinions since this is your team. Um, I see that uh, they're in, they're in Minnesota, uh, correct? They are in Minnesota. Um, I, I I like the Saints here, man. I, I do like the Saints. I know Joshua Dobbs. You know, everyone's going to say that. Well, you know, he won the game and he didn't know anyone. Now he has an extra week. Uh, yeah, that that sounds cute and everything like that. But I just think that this team is uh, the Saints are focused right now. I think that defense is playing as well as they 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 were expected to play. I think Derek Carr is starting to understand his role. The timing is getting down with his receivers. And I think what I've noticed in the last couple of weeks is they're bringing in Taysom Hill the right times. The timing with him, I think he, in my opinion, is bringing him in certain plays is crucial. Not just throwing him out there, you know, just to say, okay, we got Taysom Hill. They're putting him in the right situations at the right time. So I think they continue to do that. I know Dennis, uh, you know, Dennis Allen is not the, not the, uh, the biggest name or not the favorite right now in New Orleans. But nonetheless, I like the way this team is playing. If they can continue to use Derek Carr and Taysom Hill in the right situation, uh, they get this one done. But uh, I'll turn it over to you, Ian, what you say. Minnesota miracle. Adam Thielen Thielen push off. I didn't. Adam Thielen push off. It's just sometimes in certain situations, another team just got your number. I mean, it's just. And it seems like Minnesota has our number. Now, hopefully we changed our number and it's now unlisted. So in the past, Minnesota has had our number. Now, I'm going to pick the Saints because I, if we can't beat Joshua Dobbs, who's playing on 10 teams in, ten, in, 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 in two seasons, we, we, yeah. we deserve to get beat. But, again, Ooh. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk. Like I said, it's in Minnesota. And like I said, all I can see is the Minnesota Miracle and, and the push-off in the end zone. They just, for some reason, this team seems to have a number. We're not getting good at stopping the run, but I don't think they have a solid running system up there. 
And mm-hmm. so if, if if we can, and they're going to have to run the football a lot. Because I just refuse, I just refuse to believe they're going to let Joshua Dobbs come out there and just you know hang it loose. You know, yeah. given he only been there a week or two, he's only going to have he's going to have a limited playbook. But the easier plays to learn are the running plays because the running plays you, you don't have any reads or any progressions. Hey, right. hand hand it to him on the left side, or hand it to him on the right side, yeah, or right. hand it to him up the middle. So yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of runs. But, again, we're not good at stopping the run. But if we can just maintain, and like you said, um, Swiss Army Knife has been coming in and doing right things at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, Olave didn't look good last week. But um, uh, Rashid, number 22 for us, he's yeah. really good because I think that's going to be Slant Boy's replacement because I just refuse to believe we're going to be able to keep Slant Boy next year only because he's going to be such a huge cap fit to us. He's going to be a cap casualty. But if I can get Slant Boy to play as well as he's been playing, get 22 to play as well as he's been playing, I got AK-41, and if I can get some production out of Olave, I think we, we will we'll be okay on Sunday, yeah. but again, Minnesota seems to have a number. Okay, well, yeah, man, it, yeah, and you and you worry about that. You always have to worry about that because there are teams that out there that um, pose a matchup problem for you each and every week or each and every season, if you want, to, if you will. So, yeah, I see where you're coming from there, E, and and you want to err on the side of caution. I get that. I'm the same way right now with my 49ers because the way that they're looking, but. I, I, I think they get it done, man. I know it's in Minnesota. I know that crowd is going to be something different. That horn is going to be blowing. That drum is going to be dumping. But um, I, I think that the uh, I, I think the Saints get it done. I, re- I really do get, think they get it done uh, for sure. All right, you know what? I, you know, we have a game tomorrow. There is a game being played tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. So I know, I know, ladies and gentlemen. If it, I hear you, I hear you saying uh, you really have to talk about this. We're not going to talk about this in depth. We're just going to give our thoughts and invitation. Just, just real quick, give me a score. Tomorrow night, it's the one and seven Panthers going into the two and seven Bears. It's a Thursday night game. We're going to watch it. You know, I don't know. You know, you you'll find your reason, rhyme or reason to watch the game. But just real quick, who do you got? You don't have to give a score, e, but but let's say you're far listeners because we may have some Panther fans or Bears fans out there. Uh, I'm going to go to Chicago, ten six. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm going. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't advocate gambling, but no. if you do happen to live in a state where gambling <laughs> is legal, with DraftKings, FanDuel, whoever, put to take the rent money, the mortgage money. And put it on the under. You got the under from there. Oh yeah, you Especially, got from yeah. there. <laughs> Especially on a Thursday night game, it's not a lot of score. Yeah, I'm gonna go with you there. A little bit, just a little different. I'm gonna go ten seven. <laughs> I'm gonna go ten seven. Bears. But no, they 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 ruled him out. He did practice, but they ruled him out um, for for tomorrow night's game. So. Uh, so what's his name? Uh, uh, Bajent. Uh, Bajent is the is the guy to they gonna go with. I think. Yeah, sure. Pretty sure. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But um, we, we're we're gonna see. Okay. No, I'm just saying. Is Bryce Young playing? Is is he still in yeah. the league? 
I mean, yeah, well, yeah. Oh, wow. So sad, man. It's so sad, man. It seems like he gets smaller and smaller every week. I'm saying. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he gets smaller and smaller every week, so we don't know. So we got we'll, – we'll tune in tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, tonight. Tomorrow night if, if you got it. If you don't have a Prime Video um, uh, account, uh, tomorrow night is not the time to uh, to uh, sign up for one uh, by any stretch. Um, but, yeah. It's football, nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen. All right, e, let's switch gears a little bit here. I want to talk about the. Uh, I want to talk about some college football here, and I, I want to talk. Um, the top four ha- have come out, e, and uh, the top four uh, in they have um, they have number four. They have a Florida State. They have uh, uh, Michigan at number three. They have Georgia at number two, and they have Ohio State at number one. What say you about this uh, this college football top four, and do you have it any other way, or do you agree with this? No, I actually have Georgia one. Mm-hmm. I have I have Ohio State two, Florida State three, Michigan four. Because okay. like I I did have Michigan ranked high high higher. But I um, had an in-depth conversation with Ship, and he broke it down to me. He was like, Big E, they haven't played nobody. And he read off their resume. Michigan mm-hmm. and B schools I ain't never even heard of. So, yeah, yeah. I, I had to drop them down because he's mm-hmm. absolutely right. They haven't played anything. And then now I know a lot of people are upset because Washington is not in there. And if yeah. you're a Washington fan, I, I get that. But here's yeah. the thing, ladies and gentlemen, there are only four slots. You 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 can only have four teams. And I mean, you got to figure right now those first couple of polls. The most important positions on those polls are five and six. And the reason I say that because you still got Ohio State and Michigan who have to play each other. And like you said, uh, Michigan got the big game. I mean, uh, who put, um Penn State this weekend? That, that, Michigan, yeah, Michigan, Michigan plays Penn State. That's mm-hmm. a big thing there. And then also, Michigan can be about ready to get the death penalty, uh, NC's a death penalty, because mm-hmm. they got all kind of cheating. At this point, it's not even alleged anymore. They got yeah. all kind of cheating going yeah. on over there. The proof is in the pudding, so you never know. So uh, where is Washington? Are they five or six? They're five. Okay, yeah. So to me, mm-hmm. like I said, when the polls first come out, those are the most important positions on the poll, especially when you have two teams in the top mm-hmm. four that have to play each other. Now, some people are saying, oh, well, if Michigan beats Ohio State, both of them stay in the top four. Nah, yeah. nah, nah. If Ohio State wins that game, which a lot mm-hmm. of people are predicting, Michigan drops far. And by far, yeah. I mean 10 or 11, somewhere around there. Now, mm-hmm. if Michigan beats Ohio State, Ohio State will drop out of the top four, but I don't think they will fall as far as the Michigan loss will move them. But there's right. no way you're going to tell me you're going to keep, if Washington remains undefeated, you're going to put a one-loss team in front of them based on strength of schedule. Because like I said, ship, and ship broke down Michigan's schedule to me. They played yeah. absolutely no, no one. one. The first four so, games. Yeah. Games. So Horrible. right now, I do agree you know, with the top four, just I have them in a different order. But yeah. that won't. They, there's no way that can be sustained because, like I said, if Washington wins out, they will move into the top four because we know 
either Ohio State or Michigan, one of them has to lose because they play each other. Yeah, I agree with you to 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 an extent because I agree, I don't like the top four. I don't like the top four. I mean, I agree. I guess okay. At this point, I'm going to say I agree with the top four. The only difference is I don't think you have to take Georgia out of the top the top spot because there's no one beat no one has beaten Georgia in almost three years. So why would you? Why all of a sudden are you putting Ohio State there because of everything you just said? Because if Ohio State does lose to Michigan, then it drops them back to they're still going to be in the top four. If you put them in the top two, if you put them number two and they lose to Michigan or Michigan loses to Ohio State, now one of those two teams have to be out of the top four. So they're putting themselves in a situation, meaning the committee. They're putting themselves in a situation. They're putting Ohio State and Michigan in a, in, a, in a position where they were to lose to one another, then they both still will be in the top four. All right, I get that. You want if that's what you guys are about, then that's what you guys are about. My top four: I have Georgia at number one, I have Ohio State at number two, Michigan at number three, I have Washington at number four. Okay, I don't believe in Florida State. And I'll get to them in a second, ladies and gentlemen. Washington has the best quarterback in, in the country. Yes, I said it, ladies and gentlemen. Washington <laughs> has the best quarterback in Michael Penix Jr. in the country. I mean, he is the real deal. I know Caleb Williams is out there. I, I hope he's finally got out of the crowd, got out of the stands crying with his mother. I get that. You know, you do that at home, brother. Don't do that in, in front of millions of people. <laughs> Don't do that in front of millions of people, brother. I'm sorry. I get it. I get it. And people are going to say, oh, stop being so hard. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop being soft on that dude, man. But, yeah, and that's the reason why he's not in, in, in the conversation anymore. But, yeah, I think Washington has the best offense in the in in the country, I think they can play with any of those three teams I just mentioned prior to them: Michigan, Ohio State, and Georgia. I really do. Defense remains to be seen. We get it; it's a Pac-12. Pac-12 ten, generally doesn't pack a good defense. <laughs> they really don't. But I, those are my top four again. I have Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and uh, and and Washington State. I mean Washington, Florida State. Now I'm going to get to Florida State. Florida State. I, I'm not impressed with them, man. I get it. They're, you know, they're undefeated. They haven't really shown to me enough. I get it. Travis is that guy. I like him, man. I like everything about that. They're doing everything the right way. I just, I just think that they're. I think they're gonna. I think if Michigan or Ohio State falls out of the top three or top four, then you throw Washington State in there. Georgia, I don't see anyone beating Georgia right now. I, I just don't. Um, let me see who they have. I forget who they have remaining. But nonetheless, I don't see anyone beating Georgia. But those are my four. So I'll put Washington in there. But if you want to keep Washington at five, Oregon at six, as as is presently constructed, I get it. And you allow Ohio State and Michigan to, to beat one another up. But you can't put Ohio State at one because what you're trying to do is just create a Big Ten uh, you know, a two-team Big Ten uh, playoff. But that's how I see it, man. I, I think um, one of those two teams, Ohio State or Michigan, have to be out once they play each other because somebody has to lose that game. So whoever loses that game should be out of the top five, in, 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 I mean, top four, in my opinion. Next season, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be a totally different argument. It's going to be who should be 12, 
<laughs> who should be 11 because <laughs> we're going to 12. Now, <laughs> now, come Saturday, though, if Penn State pulls out a victory, then 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 yeah. we, we, get, we got something there. We got something yeah. there. there I go. mean, because Bingo. now you're going to have to look at – well, if if Penn State wins on Saturday, Washington automatically moves into the top four. But who's Absolutely. sitting at six? Uh, Oregon. Oregon's at six. Oregon. Okay. Yeah. So, but now would they put two teams from the Pac-12 in the top four? Because they have no problem leaving the Pac-12 out altogether. Yeah. I mean, that's been yeah. – since we've gone to this format, I think the Pac-12 as a conference – have been left out the most times. It's either them or the Big 12, because you're always going to get ACC, Big 10, SEC. You're definitely yeah. going to get one, sometimes two teams from one of those three conferences, but they have no problem leaving out the Pac-12 and the Big 12. So will this be the year that they put two teams from the from the Pac-12? I'm not saying that they'll make it all the way to the Final Four, but I'm just saying at some point in the season, will we see two representatives from the Pac-12. You know what? With, you know, based off of that, I would say yes, because if Penn State can beat Michigan this week, okay, that'll drop Michigan out of the top four. That'll move, that'll move Washington up to, to four or you know, up to four, and that'll move Oregon up to, to five because then you'll have, you know, Georgia, Ohio State, um, Florida State, and then, uh, and then Washington. Then if – Ohio, because Ohio State and Michigan still have to play one another. If Michigan beats Ohio State, now that, I think that should drop Ohio State out of the uh, top four and bring Oregon into the top four. I think we could do that based off of that scenario. So, but if Michigan beats Ohio State, you don't think that'll get them back in? No, I don't. I don't think so because I think Florida State. I think Florida State will still. They, they still win. I think they'll they'll get because they'll Florida State will still be undefeated, and I think Washington is not as long as they continue to win out. No, I don't. I don't think. I, I think if Ohio State loses to, I think Michigan loses to Penn State, they'll drop out of the top four. If Michigan loses to Ohio State, I think that the fact of the matter is Washington is still there, and they and 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 they play well, and they don't lose. And, and Florida State doesn't lose, or maybe they will. But I know I don't see I don't see Michigan I don't see Michigan. If Michigan loses to Penn State and they beat Ohio State, I don't think they'll get back in the top four as long as Washington and Florida State, uh, you know, um, you know, holds court, if you will, holds so, serve, if so you will. No, so now, if that happens, we're <laughs> looking at some one-loss teams. Yeah, sitting at number eight. With one loss, are your Alabama Crimson Tide roll tie? And you know, there's been a long since conspiracy. Yeah. You know, both of us are conspiracy theories came out. Yeah, that yes, it's all a conspiracy to get Alabama in the mm-hmm. top four. Do mm-hmm. you foresee a scenario with old Tricky Nicky sneaking into the top four? Only if they beat Georgia, though. I think they have to play Georgia in the, in the SEC championship. In the SEC so, game, yeah. Yeah, that's the only way that that can happen. And I don't see them beating Georgia. Yeah, yeah. So yes, to answer your question, yes. If they beat if they beat Georgia in the SEC championship, then yes, they they have a legitimate gripe to be in that top four for sure. Because, but I'm saying though, because a couple of scenarios are gonna play out. Ohio State and Michigan State. One of them, and I'm Michigan State. Michigan. One of them is gonna be a one loss school. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington and Oregon. Don't they play each other? 
Washington and Oregon, do they play each other? Yeah, I think they do. Hold on, eh? Let me take a look. Let me take a look real quick, ladies and gentlemen. I know they got Oregon State. Let me do it. They got Washington State. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played each other. Didn't they play each other? Yeah, no, they played each other already. Played okay, each- so that's, that's yeah. Oregon's one loss. Yeah, they played each other, yeah. Okay, so they, mm-hmm. hold, they hold the tiebreaker yeah. over there. Okay, yeah, I see mm-hmm. that. 37-34. So mm-hmm. and you know that that it was a close one. I do see that. So yeah. I'm I'm just trying to figure out this one loss scenario because obviously uh, right now we got one, two, three, four, five undefeated teams: Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State, Washington. So yeah. the winner of the Ohio State Michigan game. That team is going to have to hold serve in order for us to have four undefeated. Now, if we have four undefeated, then it's clear cut. But if you have a one-loss team, say you got, let's just say it's a foregone conclusion, Ohio State is going to beat Michigan. So you mm-hmm. have one-loss Michigan, one-loss Oregon, one-loss Texas, and then Alabama, if they beat Georgia, Georgia would have one Ooh. loss. Alabama would have one loss. So now we're now we're looking Ooh. at several one loss teams. Don't want to be the committee on that one, E. Don't want to be committee on that one. Um, e, yeah, I mean, I guess you have to look at the body of, of work at that point. E. You really, that's what you have to do. How did those teams lose to uh, the teams that they lost to? And, you know, what what was their body of work going forward? And and, and that might play a, a big factor in Jim Harbaugh, the situation there, what they looked like in the, in the beginning of the season, you know, when they played those no-name teams. I think Bowling Green was one of those teams and yeah. name a few. Yeah, so, yeah, um, and I think I Michigan got one is, mo- I got one more scenario for you, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, our very own Jason Collins, Nittany Lions are sitting yeah. at 8-1. and one. So if they win this weekend, now they're a one-loss team, and they're sitting at right now number nine. Do they jump? How high do they jump? I don't see them getting into top four right now, but they're at nine. Will they move up to five or six? They have to play really good football. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about. You know, they beat a Michigan and like barely win or something like that. I think. What the way that they lost to Ohio State, I, I think that you don't really consider Penn State a contender. You don't, and and I'm not saying they can't beat Michigan this weekend. So I, I do think they can beat. I, I have Michigan winning, but I think they can beat them. If they beat them, it's going to be one of those games. But I don't think you're going to look at Penn State and say, okay, well, Penn State has a you know a really good what? <laughs> what do what do Penn State have? A really good what? So you really saying they got to go in there and blow the doors off? They got they they have to. They they just have to. Okay. They just have to just make a, a a complete statement game to in order to be in consideration uh, for a, a top four playoff team, even as a one loss team, in my opinion. Now, now, are we giving any respect to Texas sitting at seven, at eight and one? Because more than likely, because the, the Big Twelve yeah. don't play a conference championship, yeah. and so more than likely they're going to meet Boomer Sooner. In the in the in the uh, Big Twelve championship game, yeah, yeah, I think you have to throw Texas in there, man. You you have to you look at Texas and and say you know, that one loss is like, uh, 
But if they can, again, these right now, I think the remaining games for these teams that we're talking about have to be convincing wins. I mean, I don't think these games have, can go down to, you know, the, you know, um, you know, a, a 47-46 win or anything of that nature because you have to show some type of defense. And I think that's what ultimately the committee is going to look for is who's playing the best defense. Because they, they want – as much as we love to see uh, offense E, I think the committee wants to see a team that can play defense and can stop some of these teams as well. I don't think we have a team right now maybe outside of Georgia – you know, outside of Georgia and outside of maybe Michigan, um, to have a, a, a decent, a legitimate defense. I, I mentioned Washington. I say Washington is my favorite team, but Washington is my is my team right now. You know, to get into the top four. But as great as Michael Penix and that offense is, they, that that defense is it's like ah. So I, I would say no, e, because I think I just think that Texas is. They don't carry that weight of defense, man. So, and again, I'm trying to get – I'm trying, ladies and gentlemen, as much <laughs> as I possibly can, is to get into the heads of the committee, and that's very hard to do, man. You're going to go I, down to a, a very dark hole. Go ahead, E. I got one last thing for you before we move on to this one. Uh, okay, uh, so next year we go to 12. Uh-huh. So let's just say right now we're at 12. You still got <laughs> undefeated James Madison. Sitting out here, you got sitting out here at twenty one. So if we uh-huh. even at twelve, they gonna get in. You got six two loss teams ahead of them, and one three loss team ahead of them. Uh-huh. How does the committee justify that with twelve teams getting in next year? You still got an undefeated James Master at twenty one. Hey, give it to him. Give it to him. Put him in there. It's twelve. Why not? Put them at 12 and, and say, listen, oh, we got enough teams here where, they, you know, if they can make it to the next round, then so be it. But you don't put them in the top four. But, you know, you put them in I, – I think, you know, undefeated James Madison team, you put them at 12, leave it at that, and then, you know, and, and tell those other well, right, teams. Like, right now they're uh, at 21. And, again, like I said, there's huh? six teams with two losses ahead of them and one, three loss LSU. Is ahead of them. LSU sitting at ninth at eighteen, ahead of yeah. undefeated James Madison. Yeah, but I, you know what? Do, do you want to put them at twelve? I mean, if they're not twelve, if they're, if they're not twelve at this point, do they deserve to be twelve? Really? I mean, well, I mean, I, I, I don't think they should be. I'm just saying, with twelve teams, they're gonna have an argument. They're gonna say, look. It's twelve teams. You got seven yeah. people with losing with more losses up ahead of us. What do we got to do? And then they're gonna say, Oh, you need to play stronger opponents. Well, we can only play the people y'all put on the schedule. Right. Because you see UCF a couple years ago made a whole bunch of noise. Yeah. Now yeah. that they have moved it to a real conference, hadn't won mm-hmm. a game over there. A uh, you know, conference yeah. game. So And we're Scott Frost. Yeah. And we're Scott yeah. Frost be, as it's be careful what you wish for. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, you know, again, no, no, no matter how many teams we're going to have in the playoffs, there's always going to be that someone has a, a gripe of being in, you know, on the fence, um, trying to get into the party, you know, trying to get over to the, you know, to that uh, that backyard party, if you will, trying to get into that, um, you know, into the club, you know, w- without the proper identification. So, yeah, you 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 ask yourself that, man, Eve, uh, for sure. Should they be in the party? No matter how many teams there's going to be, four, eight, twelve, there's always going to be that one team. Should they be in there? 
I say at this point, if they're undefeated, put them in there and put them at 12. Keep them at 12. Keep them highly ranked through the beginning of the season. You know, and if they can maintain, if they can maintain that that undefeated record, you put them at twelve, and then say, okay, well, you got a record like a big dog, but can you really stomp with the big dogs? So we're going to put you in here with the big dogs, and then we're going to see, you know, what it is, and make an example out of them. And if they can't, if they if they go in there and they play, what I don't know how many teams are going to get a bye. I don't know how to figure that out yet. But nonetheless, they're going to play the best team that's going to be, um, you know, the first round of the playoffs, whether, you know, be the third team, fourth team, whatever, however they're going to do it. And if they get blown out of the water, they're going to say next year to that, that, that team who's in the same situation, like, listen, we're not going to put you in the same situation because you don't play, you know, you're not playing uh, the, the top-notch teams or you're not playing in a top-notch conference, even though you're an undefeated team. We've seen last year James Madison did the same thing, but, they blew. They got their doors blown off by fourth ranked team, fifth ranked team, whatever that that number is. So yeah, do that. E, do that in the first year. Make an example out of those guys. Now, if they can make some noise, then you gotta continue to do it until and, and, until they can't do it anymore. And if you if you get what I'm saying. No, no, I, I feel you. I just, I just want to see you know what what they gonna say. You know, well, it's, I seriously doubt they go undefeated again next year. But yeah. like right now, having them at twenty-one, with again like eight teams with records worse than theirs ahead of them, I mean they got to be a little salty. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, you mentioned US, UCF last uh, a couple of years ago. Um, I would say if this was next year, you know, you you move them up a little further you know, to put them in the ranks. But, you know, with 21, I don't think – I think that right now there are too many really good teams ahead of them. And and they just – even though they're undefeated, their body of work is just not the same. So, yeah, I I don't think you even put them into consideration. Even if you put them at 12 right now in in today's poll, even though you're only putting four in there, there's a lot of disrespect. I I, I just don't think – I think they have to be more consistent and they have to play – uh, you know, bigger and better teams uh, for sure to, to to make that a legitimate right there. But all the teams that we're talking about are the powerhouse teams, the most the more consistent teams uh, for sure. We're talking about Georgia going after three, you know, possibly three national championships. Um, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, who we constantly talk about each and every season. And then now you got you know a couple other teams right now. You got Florida State, who's in the mix this year. Washington right now, you know, so yeah, I, right, not right now. I don't think you you put them right now at 12 if this was this year or next year. I don't think you do that, to be honest with you. All right. All right, we got a couple minutes here. I, I got to dive into this, man. We got to talk about um, our, our teams here. We got LSU um, going into, uh, no, actually, no, we got uh, Florida going into uh, the LSU, going into Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge. Um, if you will, man, and um, my Florida Gators are, are not looking too well right now. Your LSU Tigers could make some noise, man. I mean, they have an outside shot. I know it's, just, it's a small outside shot, but nonetheless, how do you see this game playing out right now? Well, this, this is going to be a, a battle of bad teams. I mean, because just <laughs> like you said, Florida's not looking good, but neither is LSU. I mean, I thought 
I knew that the uh, the tail of the tape would be the Alabama game. I mean, because Brian mm-hmm. Kelly snuck in the um, – well, we played in Delvalle last year and mm-hmm. beat them. But we went into Tuscaloosa this year and didn't look good at all. Now, Jason da- um, Jayden Daniels, if LSU <laughs> had a better record, I Oof. think he would be heavily yes, in Heisman talk because this kid plays well. But then Brian mm-hmm. Kelly comes out Monday – and puts the puts the loss pretty much on Jaden Daniels. I ain't never wow. liked Brian Kelly. Wow. From the second we hired him, he just yeah. he just he. It, it, I know he's gonna have trouble recruiting because he's not gonna be able to recruit in the South, meaning Louisiana, Texas, right. you know, Bigfoot. So he's gonna have to go get players where he was getting them from when he was at Notre Dame. Well. Yeah. Those players ain't the same caliber of players that play in the SEC. So I I really do think when the Brian Kelly era really starts, when he gets his own players, I think LSU is going to look to move on from him. Now, the way his contract is written up, even if he gets fired, he get most of the money. But one thing them good old boys don't care about doing <laughs> is paying out, paying out the money, especially yeah. to another guy that looks like them. Now, if it was yeah. Charlie Strong, that might be a little different. They'd fire him for cause, and he won't get none of the money. I don't care what the contract says. But Brian <laughs> Kelly, in their mind, Brian Kelly is one of them. So, yeah, they will go ahead and give him the money and get him up out of there. I don't see his tenure at LSU being for so long. Now, one of the things about LSU, if you can beat Alabama, because that's not going to be the one time in the 30 years he was there, that does <laughs> get you some leeway. So, Kelly yes, beat Bama last year, but also – LSU has three losses this year. We're only about three, four, five years removed from a national championship. Three losses ain't going to cut it in Baton Rouge. That's not going to get it. And if you lose to Florida in Death Valley on Saturday, yeah, mm-hmm. dog, the, oh. the, the wagons are starting to circle. And, and it's at night because, you know, your boy Paul Bear Bryant once said, playing in Baton Rouge at night is unfair to other teams. It's an atmosphere that if you're not built for it, you don't know what it's like until you're in the midst of it. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree with you there, man, for sure, man. Uh, LSU, um, you know, in Baton Rouge at night is something different. I don't think Florida is built for it. I don't think this Florida team is built for it. Um, you know, uh, you know, Graham uh, Wentz is a, is a heck of a quarterback, man. Um, you got Ricky uh, Parasol for sure. He's great. Uh, the young kid Wilson as well. But after that, man, I don't see any heart from this team. And Billy Napier, man, he he makes some questionable calls at best. So yeah, I, I see Florida, you know, going in there, getting them, you know. To use your term, getting the brakes beat off of a man, taking him behind the woodshed, if you will. And um, I, I don't know if Billy Napier survives this season, man. I just think he's just too timid, too soft. Uh, I liked him in the beginning of the hiring, but you do, you always do that, you know, that press conference. They always win that press conference, and you're sold at that point. But then when you see the body of the work at the uh, at the end of the day, then you realize what type of coach he is. I don't know which direction that the uh, the, the Florida Gators go. Uh, with this year, but um, you know, as far as next year, I don't know who they bring in. 
whoever they bring in, they they have to bring it. They have to bring it, son. That's all I'm going to say. But I, I I'm going to take LSU here. I'm going to watch the game from you know from the from the kickoff to the last whistle, and that's what I do because I'm a Gator fan through and through. All right. So um, with that being said, e, that 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 concludes our show, man. Um, we're in the overtime. Just you and I, man, in the overtime, man. And um, you know that's what we do, ladies and gentlemen. And we at we have some topics that we didn't even get to touch on, man, for sure. So, um, you know, that's what Sports Talk with K-Walk and East Scott is all about. Um, you know, we, we, we bring it, bring that stuff in. And I um, want to give a, another shout-out to uh, Dr. T for joining us. Dr. T is a busy guy, man, and uh, he, he joined us this evening. So, so appreciate you uh, for that, Dr. T. Thank you again. All right, E, uh, like, and ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to leave you guys with something, as, as I always do. Tonight I'm going to leave you this. You are never too old to set another goal or to dream another dream, all right? For, uh, for E. Scott, I am K-Walk. For Sports Talk with K-Walk and E. Scott on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio, God willing, we'll talk to you next week. Yo. Step on my white. Never.